This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. On today's Sidecast, our Cyclone Radio Network team recaps Iowa State spring football practices, which concluded with Saturday's spring game. I'm joined by Eric Haft and Ryan Harklaw. We'll talk about what stood out to each of us throughout the spring, what position groups jumped out, and which individuals caught our attention. We hope you'll enjoy this look ahead to the Cyclone football season. Well, guys, let's just start off with your overall impressions of spring practices, everything leading up to and including Saturday scrimmage. What would you think of the overall effectiveness of spring football for Iowa State? I thought it was a great learning experience, not only for the players, but for all the new coaches that are involved, too. I think everybody getting to know each other and really having a system that they're going to use going forward, get that in place, get everybody on the same page, you know, and certainly from a standpoint of individual growth. We've seen a lot of work done. I think one of the big things, you know, the new strength coach and the progress that they've made in that area, I thought really showed this spring. But all in all, I mean, I think it was a much needed session for for a few weeks to, to improve and kind of find out who we are and really show what the level of competition is going to be at virtually every position heading into fall. I agree, Eric. You talked about that, like the camaraderie of those coaches and learning each other. And and the one thing that I picked up on is, I was on, is in practice, too, uh, of spring ball. And the vibe in the in the room is different. The freeness, the excitement, the lack of pressure, if you will. Like, it just felt like it was a different vibe around practice than you go around on Saturday. And you, you're not going to get a lot of a spring game. I know we're going to talk about that a little further. But one of the things that stood out to me the most was the size of our offensive line. You know, and that happened relatively quickly. You get a new strength coach in there. You just talked about it. But the old line looks bigger. Tyler Miller, he looks like a different cat already. You know, he's got some more weight in the legs. You know, he was really top heavy uh, early on. I think right now when you look at him, he's got something in his thighs and his lower legs now that I think that happened so quickly. And I'm excited to see what happens over a summer now because the strength coach is already making an impact as you can see the look of these players and the size that they're putting on already. And we do need that up front as we learned last season. Reed Keggy, the new strength coach who had been here before and, and comes back to Iowa State from Boise State. And he's one of the new coaches. And there's four new position coaches. And of course, Nate Shieldhouse moves into the offensive coordinator role. So there have been a lot of changes within the coaching staff, far more than we've seen really in any other year of the Matt Campbell era. What kind of an effect can that have within a locker room, guys? You guys have played and experienced it when there's been changes within position coaches or your head coach. What kind of an effect might that have uh, within a locker room? I think that's a good question. You know, when you look, and one of the things that stood out to me on on Saturday was Nate calling the, the plays, you know, and what I really noticed was how much Coach Mauser was involved. If you looked at the game on Saturday, there's a lot of two tight, tight end sets, you know, and I don't think that was by accident. I think you're going to see that a lot this year because we have a deep tight end room right now. Um, they're younger, but there's a lot of talent in that room. And I think that those two are really comfortable working with each other. But again, back to the, the camaraderie, I think that they're learning how to work with each other. You know, they're learning, you know, how to catch a vibe together and how to, how to get the energy up to the level that it should be at. Defensively, it's really quiet over there. You know, everything is it's completely different. It's the same. What we've seen in the past, what we're going to see in the future, and that was very clear on Saturday. But offensively, it's just interesting to see this offense come together. But like I said, what, what the best thing that I've seen so far is the excitement and the vibe of that group right now. I, I haven't seen that in a, in a, in a while. Uh, and to see that, not just the coaches, but the players responding to the coaching right now and have that extra bounce in their step is, is good to see. And I think a lot of that is with the new coaches and the new vibe, you know, with Nate leading that offense right now. And I think from everything I've heard and observed is what we can expect from Nate, I think, is going to be a real high ceiling. I, I think he's, he's a super bright guy, uh, not downplaying anybody that was there before, but, but I just think uh, – his mannerisms, the way how organized he is, both uh, off the field, on the field, and, and his vision, uh, I think it's going to be a very clear thing. I mean, he hasn't called plays yet. We'll see how he does at that, and there'll be a learning curve there, I'm sure. But he's a smart guy, and I think everybody's on the same page, and uh, I think that's going to be that's going to be really huge for this offense, which really needed to take a step forward this year. And guys, you know, 
chemistry is such a big part of football and we just touched on it a little bit, but one thing that Matt said that really stuck out to me of all his quotes during the course of the spring was when he said in that last press conference on Thursday before the spring game, there's a real spirit about this team. And he said, I can't really put my finger on it, but he really likes that. And, and I love hearing that personally because I can really tell just from seeing Matt in practices and his press conferences throughout the spring that he really enjoys being around these guys. And if the whole coaching staff feels that way and the players feel that way about each other, you can get a special chemistry. And, and uh, it's exciting to, for me to think about that because I think that can go a long way in the fall. It does. You look at the spirit. I think that spirit is kind of what I, I noticed on, the, like I said, the second practice of the year. But I think a lot of it is this. They're all competing for a spot. You know, it's been a long time since we walked into the season saying, hey, here's our quarterback. Here's our receivers. Here's our what, what I would tell you is and he, I think he said it. Matt said it. I think there's five or six spots that are maybe locked up right now. I have a hard time thinking that TJ Tampa yeah. is on the hot seat right now. You know, it's someone like that's locked right. in pretty good. And, right. and Miles Purchase is pretty locked in. I will tell you this on the offensive side, they are competing at every position. All 11 positions are up for grab right now. And so when you when you have that spirit of competition, I think that's the vibe that, that Campbell thrives under anyway. You know, you want someone to come up to be their best. You have to be your best every day, you know, and having that excitement of every day, not knowing who's going to grab the spot has really upped the energy level, especially on that offensive side of the ball, meaning everything's wide open, you know, and there isn't a spot that's locked in or locked down at this point. And, uh, you know, to see that happen in practice really did bring that energy level up and, you know, on that side of the ball for us uh, throughout spring. Yeah, it, it's funny you mentioned that because I was thinking before we did this sidecast, how many starting positions are locked up? You said maybe five. You know, I don't even know if it's that many. I, I said, well, I, I picked the same guy you did first and foremost, TJ Tampa. I think he's a lock. Okay. Uh, outside of that, you know, and, and there are a lot of the guys we know are going to play a lot and guys that have played well in the past, and they're going to be there. But you're right. I mean, I think the competition at every level is at the highest highest level. And I think sometimes you're worried about who's going to start, and you're worrying about, man, here's two couple guys. I'm not sure either one is good enough to play winning football. I think we're in a situation right now where we've got multiple guys of positions that can play winning football. And that's the kind of competition that is the very best kind of competition going forward. Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. Let's go position by position. And I guess maybe let's just start with a position where what Eric said is probably the most true year to year where it really doesn't matter who's starting because you're gonna you're gonna see both guys. You're gonna see three guys uh, along the defensive line at those positions a lot of times. But l- let's start with the defensive line. Eli Rashid back again this year, and guys obviously losing Will McDonald is a very big deal. Losing MJ Anderson, but uh, coming out of the spring, I sure feel good about what we saw with the depth there and some of the individuals that really jumped off the page. This is near and dear to my heart. You know, this is the old sealed spot, but. Right now, they have someone very special there. We're going to lose with Will McDonald, obviously, going to the draft, and he's going to be a first, second rounder coming up here this weekend. But Dominic Orange is probably the next guy, you know, that you're going to see get his name called relatively early in the draft, and he's going to be a special player for us this year. I actually think he flew under the radar last year. I, I thought that he played excellent when he was in there. He didn't get a lot of notoriety, which is interesting, but I think throughout this year, Dominic Orange is going to be a big-time name that you're going to hear all throughout college football, especially the Big 12. I'll be shocked if he's not all Big 12 this year, actually. Uh, I think that that's a level of player that he is. And then you, you lock your ends down with Isaiah Lee and J.R. Singleton and, and Tyler Nyetum, and that's an outstanding defensive line right, you know, right away. And then Joey Peterson coming back, who I thought came on really strong last year, especially towards the end of the year. He's as consistent as, any, as anybody was playing the, that, that spot. So... Coach Rashid has done nothing but great things since he's been here and, and at that position group. Like I've said the last couple of years, last year, that might have been the deepest room we had. And, and I, I, it's showing this year because you come back, there are zero concerns at the defensive line front, especially with Coach Rashid running it. But the talent that he's brought in is is outstanding. So it's, it's an exciting room going into the year. I certainly echo Coach Rashid has been tremendous. He's been a great, I think, evaluator of talent, as all the coaches are as they recruit their areas. You know, but a great developer of talent as well. Uh, but man, you look at the numbers, and as a longtime Iowa State guy, 
the depth in the defensive line has been a chronic problem for for many 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 years first of all i mean it's hard to find great athletic guys who who you know are willing to put that work in and, and be effective the gene pool is just not that big and you know ohio state's got a whole bunch of them oklahoma's got a bunch of them alabama georgia and so for Iowa State to be where they are in the defensive line, I think that's one of the great accomplishments of the Matt Campbell era here at Iowa State. You mentioned Dominic Orange. You know, he played as a true freshman last year. He's got the size, quickness, you know, but Tyler Onyedem's another guy that's going to hear his name called too, I really believe. I think he's a guy that has tremendous upside. Having Isaiah Lee back, that leader. I mean, there's so many good things that Joey Peterson, you mentioned how He's come along. Who else is going to step up? Because last year, I, I think the last couple of years, we've been at least two plus deep, two and a half deep at that defensive front. You know, I, I think the biggest question for me would be where does the pass rush come from? That's an area I think where this year's team has to take a step forward. I know we had Will last year, but um, Will was fighting double, triple teams all the time and, and maybe didn't make as big an impact in terms of actual pass rush. Certainly made a huge impact on the game. But where are we going to get the pass rush? Because I think that's an area that we need to take a step forward. But, man, I like the group that's there. And I think, you know, there's some young guys that may step up that haven't played yet that can be that guy to be that pass rusher, whether it's Iziagu, you know, or some of these guys. They, I know they really like Iziagu. You know, when you look at him running around out there, number 88, he is, he has a lot of the Will McDonald traits. Twitchy, he looks like a basketball player playing football that's transitioning. And I tell you what, when I'm watching him a little bit in that spring game, man, he has that ability to get away from blockers really well. So I'll be shocked if he's not a name that you start hearing this year throughout the season because he is a big-time football player. I, I agree with you guys. I, I, I think that, you know, Miles Mendezun's a guy they moved to defensive end because he's got some quickness and can get to the quarterback. But that is a big question, Eric, and I think that's a legitimate question to bring up. And I think, you know, Joey Peterson's an interesting guy because Joey, to me, was always undersized, but he plays with such a motor, and now he's gotten a little bit bigger, put on some positive weight, and – I, he plays so hard, you know, it, that family has just been an awesome blessing right. to Iowa State football. And if, if he goes as hard as Zach goes, yeah. uh, I, I think Joey can really have a, a terrific season. Yeah, kind of a double legacy. His dad, his brother, you know, yeah. both were great contributors and great players at Iowa State. And I, I, I think the experience and, and the run that he got last year is going to help his confidence immeasurably heading in to this fall. And I'm a big Golden Yetum fan, too. And Dominic Orange. That, that is sure good to have that kind of depth. We know what J.R. Singleton can do. We know what Isaiah Lee can do. So feel good about the defensive line. Let's move on to linebacker. And there's a few, maybe a few more question marks there. There's also a lot of options. And we know that whoever emerges there is going to be very well coached by Tyson Vite. So let's talk about the linebackers. Obviously, it starts with Gary Vaughn. But, you know, a lot of mystery as to who those uh, starting linebackers are going to be uh, for the UNI game. Thank God for Tyson Vite. That's what I'm going to say here. This is yeah. this room. This room turned over, you know, and uh, it has been slowly. But it really this year's the real year that turned over. And he's a fantastic coach. I've enjoyed watching him coach as much as anybody in that locker room. I go in at halftime and kind of watch the adjustments made and you watch how he coaches. It's intense, but it's really educational. And the kids get it. They, they understand what he's talking about. So. I have no doubt that he'll get this group coached right up. He, he, he's a phenomenal football coach. But you look, without a doubt, that the foundation is going to have to come with some from, from within, you know, and some new guys. But one guy that stood out to me on Saturday, and, John, I was standing next to you when I saw him, and, just, and we talked about him briefly, was Jack Zadowski. Uh, there's a freshman coming in from Illinois that is absolutely phenomenal already, and he looks the part. They just didn't look like that when I came out of high school and, and kind of doing a little, you know, sticking my nose in a few things. I hear that he, he's got a real chance to start this year, you know, and they got a, a nice transfer from Missouri with Zach Lovett. But those two are competing, you know, to get a spot. So that's going to be a very important spot that, that one of those are going to get. But I think this kid's ready to play already. And, you know, Gary Vaughn, you know, he is the foundation behind this thing. He'll be on the field and directing traffic, intelligent guy. He, he can he, he'll get the guys where they need to be. But. I, again, coming out of spring, I, I don't. This is going to be one that'll fight down to the last scrimmage before the, the UNI game, and it may not be cleared out until you know the third, fourth game of the season before you really find out who your three guys are going to be throughout the game. 
and they like to rotate guys. And once again, I think we have we have the depth right now to be able to do that. You mentioned Sadowski. I was really impressed with Lovett too. I didn't know what to expect, you know, coming from Mizzou, but I tell you what, uh, he really impressed me quite a bit. And, and I think Sadowski, who's you know, early enrollee, I mean, he should be going to prom this week, you know, <laughs> in high school. Uh, but he's got the size. He's two thirty. He can run. But some guys just have that instinct, you know, and just know how to play. And that's kind of what I see uh, with Sadowski. I, I think another guy for that other outside backer spot, I really like Karsten Marshall. I think he's made some really good strides coming in. And then you've got Emming and Willick. There are a lot of guys there who can who can make the big stride, the step forward and seize that spot because it's an open spot and great competition there like there are at a lot of spots. Tyson Vite will have him ready. I know that. He is a great coach. <laughs> I can't say that yeah, enough. Love, he is really I love Tyson. Yes. Yeah. He'll have him ready. You're right. And I, and I think that's the thing. You are going to probably play two guys. That's what he typically does is play two guys at each of those spots. Now, maybe they don't divide the snaps as evenly as they do along right. the defensive line, but they're still going to play two guys. So, you know, you guys mentioned Vaughn and, and Marshall and Sadowski and Lovett and Willick and, you know, Will McLaughlin. And now you got Jacob Ellis. And it, it, there, there is there's quite a bit of competition there. That'll be a really fascinating position group to watch in the fall and see who emerges as the starters, who emerges as the twos. And it might be something that's fluid throughout the season. But I'm excited to see those young guys under the direction of Tyson Bite and see how they evolve. For quality, comfortable, and authentic styles on Cyclone Game Days and Every Day, insist on Authentic Brand Sportswear, the premium alternative gear of choice in the Midwest and across the nation. Choose Authentic Brand for your game day styles. Let's go to corners next, and I think if we were going to pick a spot that we're most comfortable in, I don't know how you couldn't pick this spot. And... You do have a new coach there. We mentioned that not a, not a lot of new coaches on the defensive side of the ball, but Hank Poti, former Steeler Eric, former <laughs> New England Patriot, he comes in to coach those corners, and boy, talk about some pieces to work with. Uh, obviously, TJ Tampa, Miles Purchase, we've talked about, but you know, behind them, Darian Porter, and we, I think all three of us ha- have had a positive impression of Terrell Crosby during the course of the spring as a young guy who's really come on. So let's talk about the cornerback position. Well. I- I'll be surprised if there's a corner in the league better than T.J. Tampa. He's going to have a great year. He's had a great career so far, but his growth from his freshman year, he played as a true freshman. I mean, his growth has been phenomenal. And I just think he's always had pretty good instincts, you know, but I think he's honed his craft so much that he's also great against the run. He can be a lockdown guy. And he's a guy that that you can put on an island and really feel good about. And there aren't a lot of guys truly in a league with great wide receivers that you can feel that way about. Uh, Miles Purchase has been outstanding as well. So I love those guys. I, I think, if, and if you look back, and John, you and I were talking about this yesterday, where Darian Porter was a year ago at this time after having just one spring at corner, a, after being a wide receiver his whole career, where he is now, I mean, I, I think it has been tremendous growth. And he has size and tremendous speed. And as he has learned the position. I mean, he's come a long way. and He could be a starter on virtually any team we've had over the past 25 years, probably, if he didn't have the two guys ahead of him. But And like you said, Terrell Crosby, man, I didn't know what to expect from him, but he's a guy that I think is going to get a lot of run. But usually, I would say he'll play three corners. You know, they'll rotate. I think you're in a four, at least a four-corner opportunity this season. You will be, and I think the one thing that you're talking about this, Eric, they could start in here at any here at any time is size. You know, we haven't had size like this at corner at any time that I can remember. You know, there's mm-hmm. times when you you're gonna have a six three and a six four corner on the field. You know, and that just does so much for you, especially at the goal line. That takes away some of those those jump balls when you have guys like that on the outside. It's gonna take away some some tough passes that most short corners can't defend or really struggle to defend. So there's situational corners we have on our team finally which allows us to do different things in different situations, especially down there at the goal line. So, again, I, I think this is the most locked-in group, you know, where you think these, you know, Miles and, and TJ are as confident as they've been and how they play the game. I don't, I don't, I, I see those guys being the day one starters, but Darian Porter has come a long way, like you said. So, again, I, 
this this feels really good to have that that part of the defense locked down. I'll add a little more on Crosby just because I he he really came off my radar throughout the spring and onto it in a big way just because you know he's not the biggest guy but man he is physical and he's fast and he he hits hard and I don't know what is how immediate his future is as a guy who contributes a lot but I think there is certainly a future there where uh, he's going to be a guy to be reckoned with for years to come. A lot of good quality depth developing in that cornerback room. And really, guys, you feel good about the secondary as a whole because as we move back to the safeties and three of them played for Iowa State, you know, last year Malik Verdon just couldn't get healthy and, and Freeler and Cooper did some really positive things. Well, this spring it was Verdon that was healthy and Freeler and Cooper couldn't stay healthy in the spring. And so, man, if they can get all three of those guys out there together at the same time, look out. Because I think front end to back end of that secondary, this is as good as Iowa State's ever had it if they're fully healthy. This defensive backfield is outstanding. Again, we talked about it, the two outside, 6'3". You know, then you look at the safety. Malik Verdon's another NFL talent. You look back there, his size, if he stays healthy, and what I've heard from this spring, he has been, and he's been outstanding. Like, I, I've heard he's had a really, really good spring, which is really good to see because he hasn't stayed healthy. Um, but Bo Freeler, we know what we get with Bo. You know, he's a great downhill player, and he will be on the field when we get to the fall. He just he did not play much this spring at all. And then Jeremiah Cooper, the same way, was, was dinged up and was not able to participate this spring. But what it did allow is Trayvon Howard to step up. And I heard a ton of great things of Trayvon Howard and, and how he was able to play this spring, which he – Again, when you're in that backfield, it's hard to crack a spot in there. Uh, and, and and he had a really good spring from everything I'm hearing. I think you'll see a lot of him on Saturdays when we get to the fall as well. And, and Travion McGee as well. I mean, Travion played a lot last year. And I think one of the things he brings to that to that back end as much as anybody is he's got a little nasty to him. You know, and he, he's got some real experience. And I think he's the guy that, once again, gives you that depth back there. Injuries happen. We've seen it every year, every school. But to have the depth back there that, that Iowa State has right now, once again, that's kind of a, been a rarity, too. And back to the corners for a second, too. One of the things, too, that I think has been a great trademark of recent corners, you know, Anthony Johnson, when he was playing corner a couple of years ago, the way the corners tackle and the way they support the run game, I mean, that, that is a huge part of what Iowa State does defensively, too. And I... That's what I like about these guys. And that's one of the things, John, you mentioned earlier about Crosby, his ability to tackle and be a physical player at that corner spot. We've already seen Purchase and Tampa and those guys. I think those are really big things. And I think that with Freeler, uh, McGee, and some of the safeties, Verdon, I think the physical nature of that back end of that defense really plugs a lot of gaps and, get, and gives you opportunities to make big plays. Deion Broomfield does a nice job with those safeties. And guys, Let's kind of summarize the defense and how these all, all these pieces we just talked about kind of work together because we did see that sack numbers were down a little bit last year. If Iowa State can get a little bit more of a pass rush this year and gets more pressure on the quarterback, could we see a year where the number of turnovers created by the defense goes up? Because we looked about those five playmakers on the back end of that defense. So I think all those guys are very capable of taking the ball away from an opponent. But so much of that is dependent on what happens up front. Do you feel like this is a defense that maybe can up its numbers in sacks and turnovers created? I think that defensive line will give you the pressure that will help you. You know, I think that's where those turnovers, a lot of times those crazy throws happen, the ball flips in the air, you sack a quarterback, a sack fumble, you know, something like that. A lot of turnovers happen. A lot of it starts in the play when there's disruption in the backfield, whether it's a run game, a pass game or anything. So it's going to a lot come down to that defensive line, the pressure they can get. And again, we have the back end that can go make the plays. We have to be a little more disruptive up front to cause some of those turnovers than we have in the past. They've played great. It's not like, I mean, we're, we're nitpicking one of the best defenses Iowa State has ever seen here. But, you know, to get more turnovers, it starts up front. It starts to just, you got to disrupt the offense, get them out uncomfortable. Then they'll make bad throws. Then they'll make a bad handoff and not get the ball in there like they used, like they normally should. And once you do that, then those turnovers will come with it. I, I believe that we do have the front that can make that happen. Well, I agree. And I think just like you said, Ryan, I mean, you have to disrupt the quarterback. You have to affect him. You know, and, and if you can do that with some pressure, and sometimes it may not just be the defensive front. Do you have linebackers who are going to be good blitzers too? That's kind of an unknown area too. Who's going to settle in at the linebacker spot? And do you have somebody there? I mean, 
Ryan Vance was able to affect a quarterback a lot of times by with pressure, you know, and reader at times when he was healthy, was able to do that. I think that's going to be important to find somebody that can step up there. But I think the turnovers will come if Iowa State can affect the quarterback a little bit more. Let's move to the offensive side of the ball, guys. And obviously Nate Shieldhouse is the new offensive coordinator. We've touched on that. He's also the quarterback's coach. And he's working with three quarterbacks this spring who I think all all had moments of really looking good in the spring. And, of course, you also have Kyle Kemp and Jake Waters working with those guys. Let's talk about the quarterback's room and just how far we think that group might be able to come this year and the competition within that within that room. Well, it's going to be learning a new offense, obviously. And so when you, it's, it's going to be the same for everybody. And, and honestly, a lot of times you're a little nervous when the, when the quarterback room is small. But right now there was only three quarterbacks in that, in that room for spring ball, which I think was fantastic. All these guys got a lot of reps. They got one-on-one attention, basically, with, with those coaches. And so they were getting attention at a level you normally don't get. In spring ball, a lot of times you'll have anywhere from five to seven quarterbacks in a room. And so for Iowa State to have three, these guys got the reps. They got a lot of a lot of looks. They got to see different coverages. They got to do it more often than most. So uh, honestly, it was a blessing in disguise with those three in the room. And the good news is all three of them are very capable. And Decker's obviously we know what he is, what he can bring. And, and Rocco did show some last year. And you know JJ being what he is coming in as a recruit. What was nice to, nice to see from JJ is from day one he he acted like he belonged. You know, he wasn't shy, wasn't in the corner. He just stepped in and started competing with those guys from day one. So, again, I, I think when you look at that competition that's going to happen in that room, I do think it's open. You know, I think Campbell wants it to be open. He wants it to have to compete. It allows you to go up to mm-hmm. a higher level of, of, of play as long as you're competing. And those are three great quarterbacks competing with each other right now for that starting spot. Yeah, and I think with Nate taking over, as he's been the you know wide receiver coach and wide receiver and running back coach. I mean, He's probably the, one of the very best quarterbacks ever play at the University of Illinois. He, he knows that position. It's not like a guy coming in, I was a wide receiver coach, now I'm the offensive coordinator, I'm going to coach the quarterbacks. He has intrinsic knowledge uh, of the quarterback position, and I think that's going to be a great thing going forward too. But I think the competition is there. I mean, we've seen what Hunter can do, good and mostly good, some not so good at times. You know, he's got to raise his level of consistency. And I think I think he had a good spring. One of the things that I was impressed with, some of the practices and scrimmages I saw, his ability to run and, and willingness to run a little bit. Now, obviously, they're not tackling, but I think he looked faster. I think his body looks great right now. I think the best it's probably been. He was kind of heavy for a while and really kind of trimmed down. Now I think he's at a really good spot. He looked confident. And Rocco Beck is a guy who's just got, and I hate to say this because it, it and we, we've all said it, we hate to say it out loud, he's got a lot of Brock Purdy in him. I mean, his size, the way he approaches the game, he's kind of a little gunslinger in his own way, but he's the guy that can make plays. And obviously, J.J. Cole, one of the top quarterbacks coming out of high school and early enrollee, if you will, he's got talent. I mean, when things slow down for him, he's got a chance to be a tremendous, tremendous uh, college quarterback for sure. So I think the room is in good shape, but I also think somebody needs to step up and say, I'm the guy and I'm going to be the guy and then be able to deliver on that once he gets it. That'll be interesting. And, you know, J.J. Cole moves around better than I thought he would, too. I, 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 you know, for a guy six, seven, I thought he might be kind of a statue back there, but he does he, he does move around OK. And Rocco certainly has the ability to move around. I agree with you, Eric, on those uh, run plays from Deckers. It looks like that's going to be a little bit more of a, a part of the offense to, to have that threat. And I'm excited about that room. But, Hark, how important is what Eric just said? How important is it for, for one guy to kind of emerge and become the guy? Or do you see this competition carrying right into uh, fall and, and, and being up for grabs? Eventually, it's got it's got to happen. There has to be the guy, if you will. I, I don't. There's not very many places where two quarterbacks works. And I think as we get into the into two a days or camp, you know, I, I think at that point one of them will grab it. At that point, and, and you got to you got to go with them because they have to be the leader of that offense. But I do like they're competing. I, look, you get better when you're uncomfortable, you know. And I think that I saw some of the best things of, of Hunter Deckers on Saturday that I'd seen I hadn't seen in a long time, and. I thought his arm strength on Saturday was what it was, what it was early last year. His confidence was what it was early last year. And one of the things with, you know, talked about Nate Shieldhouse 
some of his fingerprints on this offense. If you've noticed how much Rocco and Hunter were throwing on the move, that was really good to see. And, and throughout last year, if you remember, I talked a lot about like, we got to get Hunter moving to throw the ball, you know, sit him in the in the pocket like a statue is not his game. And once you get him moving, I just think that's his, he's a little bit better when he's just playing the game of football versus processing in a, in a pocket. And, you know, I thought I saw a lot of that on Saturday at the spring game. And I think that's, I mean, that's a Nate Shieldhouse. You know, that's what he looked like in college. So I think right. you'll see a lot more of, of movement of our quarterbacks um, in this offense than we probably have maybe last year or the year before. On Football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Van Wall Equipment, the Cyclones' John Deere dealer of choice. I think one of the uh, hardest positions to evaluate is running back just because there were so many injuries there last year. Now you have a new running backs coach in Jordan Lang since everything's fresh and new. And you got a couple guys coming in here in, in the fall that are really highly touted freshmen as well. But I thought one of the best stories of the spring was Jirel Brock because it, it, we came into spring practice not really sure how tentative they had to be with him, how careful they had to be with him. But man, by the end of spring practice, I thought he looked 100%. And if he can be 100%, we saw what a difference that can make for this off, this offense when he's going full speed. Well, absolutely. You know, <laughs> Jairo Brock is always a great story. I mean, just because of who he is and his commitment to this university and this football program, I mean, it, it, it's a great story. Beyond that, the fact that he's what he's had to go through, you know, and the injuries he had a year ago to persevere, stick with it. You know, after years, a uh, couple years, three years chasing after, if you will, Brees Hall, great NFL running back. Now, I mean, it's a great story. But what makes the story even will make the story even better is if he can stay healthy. Because you know, we saw early last season, he is a heck of a running back. He's got a chance to be all league caliber kind of guy. And then the injuries came, and and the thing I appreciate about Jirel as much as anything. He didn't just sulk. He played hurt last year when he was nowhere near 100%. Not as much regard for himself as he had for his teammates. And I think that's a, one of the things that makes him a great leader on this football team. And maybe uh, because of his leadership, as important as anybody to that offense. So, yeah, I, I certainly hope he can stay healthy because he's the guy that can, can do it physically for sure. And I think the leadership part of it will be great, too. Eric, you're 100% right. He's as good a leader in that locker room as we have offensively. He is outstanding. I can't say enough good things about him as a person. You know, Jirel deserves this. He's had some rough luck, and I, he had a good start to the season going, and then he gets dinged up, and he's just never the same. And if you looked at his, you know, like a 15 to 16-yard touchdown run on Saturday, that looked like old Jirel. And it was against our number one defense when he did it. So he was making some guys that are making big plays on Saturdays. He's making them look silly. You know, so it wasn't against like a third string defense out there. He was making some plays against good players. And again, getting him back will be very key to that backfield. But another one that I want to see healthy is Cartavius Norton. You know, Cartavius has that extra that extra step. He has that specialness to him that you see from some players that are they get drafted. You know, and if we can get this kid healthy, I want to see what he is. I'm not saying he's going to at this point. He just hasn't he hasn't been healthy enough to, to see what he has other than when you see him in practice or in a few games he's played in, he's shown the ability to take that next step uh, to be a, a big time running back. And then I know Eli, Eli Sanders had a nice spring as well. You know, when you look all over the place, he was making some strides. And again, he has the speed, he has the size, but just couldn't get it together last year consistent, consistently on Saturdays. And if he can develop, he's a big time threat as well. He just, he wasn't as consistent as he needed to be every Saturday last year. If we get him back there as well, that's a, that's pretty good backfield right there with those three alone. Yeah, and Sanders certainly showed some improvement over the course of the season. Really had a rough you know, first half or two-thirds of the season, but I thought showed some signs, but obviously had a really good spring. Norton is the guy, too. I agree. He's the one guy that watching him last spring when he came as an early enrollee and watching him fall, he's the one guy that when you hand the ball to – you kind of hold your breath because you never know what might happen. It could be something really big. Uh, and he's got that kind of ability. But even in high school and now at Iowa State, injuries have been a problem. So if he could stay healthy, he's another guy that could give that running running back room a big boost. A couple guys coming in in the fall, too, who weren't here. Sama uh, from Southeast Polk is an elite athlete. I mean, one of the 
one of the very best athletes, all-around athletes in the state of Iowa in a long time. And I think, who knows, maybe he'll be a guy that could be in the mix. Good point. And then you also have Carson Hansen coming in from Minnesota. Right. You have A.J. Harris who transferred in from Stanford. He got healthier as the spring went on. So there's some options there for Jordan Langs in that running back's room. And I wouldn't be surprised again to see you know, two, three guys carrying the football in the fall. I guess in journalism class, guys, we, we call this bearing the lead. But let's talk about the offensive line. I mean, the Ryan Clanton story is probably one of the biggest stories to emerge out of the spring. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I can tell all the nuances of why it looks better. I just know it looks better. And tell me a little bit about the impact that you guys think Ryan Clanton has had on that room and that some of these guys uh, individually who were able to emerge over the course of the spring. So I was talking to a few past offensive linemen on Saturday at the spring game on the sidelines. It was a letter winners weekend, obviously, together. We came together and I was we watched them warm up and go through some drills. And a lot of them had said, like, man, he the way he coaches, the way he says it, it just sticks. You know, he, he he's trying to get the every offensive line coach is getting trying to get the same thing done. You know, they all want to do the same thing. But how he says it and how he coaches it makes it different. You know, we were watching them do some drive block skills that they were working on before the game started. And they were doing some things I'd never seen before um, and how they were working on their footwork. Everything is forward. There's no false steps, you know, because anytime you take a false step and as an offensive lineman, you're going either lateral or backwards, which is not good. And he has that down. He's working on their footwork, the fundamentals of how you drive block and go forward, which is where we struggled last year, moving that line of scrimmage. And. And again, that offensive lineman that I was standing with on the sideline, uh, some of the, the letter winners are like, man, this, this guy knows exactly what he's doing. Like, I, I wish I had the opportunity for something like that. That he just, he's saying and talking about the same things, but how he's teaching it is just at a different level. So I've heard nothing but amazing things out of him. Uh, I know some people at the UNI, he, he did a fantastic job there. And I don't think we'll get anything less here. He's going to be a really good coach for us a long time. Absolutely. One other thing we talked about earlier too, uh, that really comes into play here too, you know, it, it is our new strength conditioning. I mean, you mentioned it earlier uh, with, you know, uh, Tyler Miller, but that whole offensive line, I, I, I just think, you know, not only bigger, they're, they're trimmer. They, they look more athletic, and I think that's big. And, you know, one of the things Coach Campbell said a number of times last year and even in the offseason, he said, I don't know that it's a matter of talent. I think we have talent in the offensive. We, we, we just weren't getting enough out of them. And and I think that's where Ryan Clanton comes in. And I was impressed with what I saw this spring because number one, you know, sometimes when you're at spring football or fall practice, whatever, and there's, Hey, there's a great play on offense. Well, was that a great play on offense or a bad play on defense? Well, I saw this offensive line open holes against a defense. I know is really good. Our defense. So whenever the offense made plays and the offensive line won the battles, I said, okay, now that's that shows me that you're a good offensive line if you can do that against you know that great defensive front that Iowa State has. So uh, that was one of the most impressive things to me. And doing it really, you know, without two of the guys who would you would figure to be starters in Hufford and Hufford and Miller, uh, a couple of guys, but other guys stepping in and and showing some depth in that offensive line, which we know is going to be super important. Yeah, it was great to see other guys take advantage of those opportunities. Uh, we saw Brady Peterson play a lot. Jim Bonifas, uh, Grant Schreiber getting his opportunities. James Neal, Dalen Hassard. I mean, there's some guys that... You're not saying Akinfilo? Yeah, Akinfilo, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys that give you hope that there can be a legitimate two deep on that offensive line this year where if somebody does go down, you feel pretty good about the guys stepping in. You do, and and, and Eric talked about that. I even talked about this on air quite a bit last year. It felt like we had the guys. We had the horses. It just – the execution wasn't at the level we needed to be at to have success. And and right now, as you look at the offensive line, we see it on paper right now. I want to see it on the field now when we get to this when we get to this fall. All signs point we're going in the right direction. I really believe 100% we have got the right guy in the room, which the offensive line coach outside the coordinator is the most important coach you got in your staff because you have to have that – without that out that offensive line – you will, you don't have much. You just don't have much. They basically are coaching 50% of your offense. So having the right guy in that room is so important because it runs the entire offense. And I think we finally got that right guy. 
And again, it's the good news is we didn't have to go out and, and get rid of all the offensive linemen and go find another five guys. We have the right guys. We have the size. When you stand next to them, they scare the hell out of you. You know, yeah. they you, 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 they look the part. Now can they play with the edge and the nastiness? You right. know, and, and, and in the past, that's where I've, I've had a little bit of beef. Like, they should almost act like a defensive lineman. When you're an offensive lineman, you've got to have that, this is a yard fight. We're going to go get after it. And I think Coach Clanton will get this group to that point where they have a little nasty in them. Um, they will yep. make a difference. But time will tell. When we get to that game against you and I, we'll, we'll know exactly what we got. And I think a guy like Jake Remsburg is going to thrive in, under this situation. Uh, he's got a little bit of that nasty in him, and I think it, to have that brought out is going to be make him an even better player. Yeah, and that would surprise you with Jake because the nicest guy in the world off the field, right. but he does have a little bit of mean streak. And probably the quote of the spring comes from Coach Clanton, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it has to be violent. And those the, those T-shirts are being printed as we speak. But, <laughs> uh, but guys, and I encourage fans to go back and listen to Coach Clanton's interview during spring practice uh, on Cyclones.com. He's just fascinating to listen to. And again, I – I'm not intelligent enough to understand all the nuances of it, but I can tell he knows what he's talking about. And you can tell that he has the respect and you're talking to Jake Remsburg uh, of the guys in that room. Let's move to wide receivers and another uh, new coach comes from North Dakota state, Noah Pauley, who reminds me a little bit of a, a, a mini Nate Shieldhouse, just the demeanor, just, you know, a very likable guy. And from everything I understand really communicates well with the guys in that wide receivers room. And that's an interesting room because I know we're going to miss Xavier Hutchinson. Man, I can't wait to see where he gets picked in the NFL draft. I'm so happy for that guy. He led the nation in receptions over the course of the last three years in college football. Okay, So he was a huge part of everything we did. But I think the room can be every bit as good, maybe even better, because of some of the guys that are really coming on. So let's just talk about that wide receiver room and what we might see that looks a little different than being so dependent on one guy this year. I like who they've brought in. I like who's coming back. You start out with uh, Jalen Knoll, 60 catches a year ago, a guy who has the ability to make big plays. You know, And I think we'll see more big plays out of him. A guy this spring I thought was really good, too, who had a, a pretty good year last year, Dimitri Stanley, transfer from Colorado. He had a big-time spring, and he needed to take a step up, and I, and I think he did. But he gives us some terrific speed at that one wide receiver spot. And then Daniel Jackson is a guy who had a good spring. We've just kind of been waiting for him, but expecting a lot of really big things, and they haven't happened. I thought this spring was big. But the transfer from Eastern Kentucky, Jaden Higgins, 6'4", 215 pounds. He is a big-time receiver. He's a guy I think – can make a huge difference in, in that wide receiver room. The coaches love him. He's got great work ethic. And I, I just think he's the guy that's going to be a big-time playmaker. Greg Gaines, another guy, last year hoping for something as a true freshman. It really wasn't there, so they were able to redshirt him. But he's another guy that has, has some size, and he has tremendous potential. The freshman coming in, Benny Nagoy, who was dinged up a little bit, but, man, what a specimen he is. And Kai Black from Urbandale. My goodness, you look at him and tell me he's well, another guy should be going to prom this week. My goodness, he is put together and he's got a chance to be a, a big time receiver too. kind of he can eventually morph into kind of a hybrid guy. If you want, could be that wide receiver tight end kind of guy, too, that you flex out. So I would like that room a lot. I think there's so much potential there. And I agree with you, John. We're going to miss X. Phenomenal leader, phenomenal at everything he did. But I think the room as a whole has a chance to be more balanced and, once again, uh, maybe take a step forward there. You're right, Eric. When you look at this group, it's going to have to be more balanced. You know, I, I think that uh, you, you don't replace guys like X. They just, they don't, it doesn't happen. And, and so you try to find a way with, as, a, as a collective group, how do, we, how do we replace those catches? And I think the room does have the ability to do it. Jaden Higgins is a phenomenal pickup. The scary thing is, and I hate to say this, he looks like X on the field. You know, you watch him run around, a lot of his mannerisms and how he operates, he does, he has a lot of the X look to him when he's on the field. When you when you throw him out there on, on Saturday and you when, when the fans get a chance to see him, you're going to think you're looking at Xavier still playing for us. You know, it's just he runs like him, he moves a little bit like him. But again, you just don't want to put that pressure on a kid like that. And I still think Greg Gaines' upside is unbelievable. You know, I think that his he didn't get a shot last year at 
you know, too far into the, into the season and he didn't want to give that red shirt year up. So never did take it. Uh, but I think he's got a big time upside as well as that number one receiver, you know, that X receiver that you really need to be good for you. Uh, and then Jalen Knoll, I think we'll have a big year out of him. I think that Nate Shieldhouse will use him in a great way to get him the ball in different scenario situations where it's one-on-one, you know, he's not a traditional receiver, a six, three, six, four guy where you go to the outside one-on-one. He's the guy that goes underneath, you know, the guy that can beat you with speed, kill you with different routes. And I think that you'll see a lot of more creative ways on how we get Jalen Noll the ball going into the next year. And, and Nate Shieldhouse will be the perfect coordinator for, for Jalen to help promote him into a, a bigger role in the receiving room as well. And a couple guys we haven't mentioned, Jason Essex is another guy that they have. It's just a matter of, of, of consistently being good because he can be a terrific receiver. He's got great size, almost 225 pounds. He's got speed. He's got good hands. But it's just a matter of the details and consistency with him. And another guy, too, in that I won't say the same mold as Jalen Noll because he's not that big, is Karan Adams, too, a guy who has tremendous speed. Uh, and a guy, once again, can make that catch underneath or that little slip screen a matter of consistency for him. Both of those guys are, are, are registered freshmen. So it's not like we haven't really seen what they can do. But I have, I have seen those guys be able to make some plays and I think, once again, add to the depth of a room that I think is really going to be a strength of this program. And one other guy that we didn't mention, but all he does is catch the ball every time it's thrown to him. Aiden Bitter. It just yes. every, yeah. time, every time he's out there and they throw him the ball, even in, and he was in some clutch situations last yes. year. He made he made some big catches. Saved the Iowa game for us last year. If you look back right. at the Iowa game, he made a catch on our sideline honestly right in front of me that I don't know how he made. It was a really good ball by Hunter, but that catch to save the Iowa game, I say that because he caught that ball in that long drive to, yeah. and converted that, I think it was fourth down when he caught that ball on our sideline. It was an unbelievable catch. Yeah, lots to be excited about. I think just a lot of competition in that room, and we'll see you know which six, maybe seven guys emerge that are going to play on Saturdays consistently, but there's a lot to choose from there for Coach Pauly. Let's let's wrap it up, guys, with tight ends. And Coach Mauser has, uh, again, we talk about numbers. He didn't have quite as many numbers to work with last year. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking at six, seven guys really competing, and you wonder how, how often is Iowa State going to use two tight ends? How often is Iowa State going to use three tight ends like they did with Chase Allen and Dylan Sainer and, and Charlie Kohler? Are they back to where they feel comfortable doing that? I think there's a lot of mystery to the tight end position going into the fall. I would say be very excited. This is what I was most excited about leaving the field on Saturday, not knowing, but then then understanding what I saw on Saturday was the tight end position. And I love seeing us in two tight end sets. I think it gives us, it puts so much pressure on a defense when you can put two tight ends on the field, number one, that are receiving threats, but also it just gives you an advantage in the run game as well. And leaving Saturday after the spring game, my number one upside excited part of the season was our tight end room. You had Easton Dean and Deshaun Hanneke. Deshaun didn't play in the spring game and, and it was out just a little bit. Tyler Moore, Steve O'Klotz looks like, a, I mean, he's always been a big human being, but I, I can't explain kind of the, the physical stature someone like that has. And then the catch that Gabe Burkle made in the end zone was just outstanding. It was really good coverage. He reached around the defender and was able to make that catch in the in the end zone, in the corner of the end zone, which was a big time play by him as well. So I don't know which one is the starting, the best two, the best three. I, I, don't, I don't know that at this point. I think they all have bring different skills and talents to the room. But I would say the most excited I was, maybe pleasantly surprised leaving the, there on Saturday was our tight end in the tight end room. And, and more importantly, how much we're using them in this offense. So I think there's a lot of good things to see here out of this tight end room moving forward into the season. I agree. I I love that tight end room. And, you know, I thought last year, Easton Dean, Deshaun Hanneke, I mean, they have experience now. I, I think they're ready to maybe take a step forward. But we also have the freshman, whether it's Jack Bajorn, another guy who had a really good spring. But Gabe Burkle, Andrew Keller, those guys are all freshmen. I'll be surprised at some point in time if, if Burkle is not at least an all-Big 12 guy. I think he's got an opportunity to be a tremendous football player, a very productive player, really, as as a blocker, but also as a tremendous receiving threat. You mentioned the catch he made, but he's a guy that can make play after play. Keller is more in the, uh, well, I don't want to put too much pressure on him, but Keller's a guy I think can be – a tremendous threat from a receiving standpoint. He's got the size, the length, and as he continues to get bigger, I think he's going to be that Charlie Kohler type guy in terms of being able to make 
contested catches and get open downfield and make big plays. But we talked to all the other broadcasters in the Big 12, and like Tony Caridi from West Virginia always says, how come you always have all these seven-foot tight ends that can make all kinds of plays? <laughs> <laughs> so that just, that just bugged him. Well, you know, Bajorn's six seven. Hanukkah six six, Keller six six, you know, Burkle six five, Dean six six. I mean, we have those guys who are targets, not just red zone targets, but I mean, you got to get that first down, the guy that can go post up basically and then make a play. I, I think we've got that in spades in that in that tight end room. And I, I really think that's got a chance. We talked about the receivers and we talked about the quarterbacks, but I just think the more weapons you have, the more opportunities you have of playmakers out on the field. Uh, the more diverse and hard to defend offense you're going to put on the field. And I think that's kind of where we're headed. I certainly hope so, because as we all know, the offense has to take a step up this year. And I think we have pieces uh, that can make that happen. And I think Burkle at 270 pounds has a little bit of Dylan Sainter in him too. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it's very exciting. It's good that we're listing so many guys and we haven't even mentioned Ben Bramer, who's coming in from Pierce, Nebraska, who's a super talented incoming freshman. So lots to work with for Coach Mauser in that room. Really excited about that. Well, guys, we took I appreciate you giving up basically an entire hour this morning. That's the good news. It took us an hour to go through all those positions because we mentioned so many guys. And if we had a half hour sidecast, that means we don't have a lot of guys. So <laughs> we had a lot of guys to talk about. And hey, not every one of them is going to hit the field. Not every one of them is going to play a huge role. But I, I think there's going to be as much competition this fall as you guys started out this podcast talking about just the competition in the spots. Nobody can take anything for granted. I think that's going to make for a very healthy, very productive fall for Iowa State. It will, John. If you look at the uh, this incoming class in 2023, it's probably the best recruiting class that coach Campbell's put together. So I think when you look at this, this group, there's going to be names we haven't talked about today that will be on the field on Saturday. This is probably the best recruiting class we've ever had at Iowa state and, and, and top to bottom across all position groups, you're going to see a lot of young people get some opportunities because of the level of play they have. And you just mentioned a couple there, but that's the good news. The competition is there. We don't know who's going to play for all the right reasons, not for the wrong ones. And that's, that's a great sign in the health of the program right now. Right. And that, I think gives you a lot of hope going forward that this is going to be a competitive group. Still going to come down to at the end of the day, can you make the plays when you have to make them? And that's what, you know, hopefully if you have your best players out there, your opportunities to make those plays will be enhanced. And hopefully Iowa State will be able to make those plays. You know, Iowa State's you know a couple plays away, three plays away from being seven and five last year. I mean, that's the thing too. I know it was disappointing four and eight, but you're so close, but it also in the long run kind of forced a reset in the program. And I think maybe, uh, maybe somewhat needed. We're going to find out, uh, but I really love the coaches they've brought in. I like the attitude and I, I like where this program is heading forward right now. Awesome guys. Appreciate it. We'll let you concentrate on your golf swings for a, a few weeks. And then, uh, I'm sure we'll reconvene and start talking about all this again as the season gets closer. But I think all three of us feel good about the spring, and that's a, that's a real positive. Today's sidecast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better, work smarter, and play harder when you run with Van Wall and John Deere. Thanks for listening.